Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the final two podcasts. Today we have a very special guest in the all-time leading NC State scorer, Nicholas Sade. Yes, sir. How y'all doing? Welcome, Good, man. Pleasure to have you, man. Thanks for having me. Awesome, man. Is it ugly outside out there too, or no? Nah. No, it's nice. nice. Yeah. Just getting hit hard right now. <laughs> so what are you saying at, bro? I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina. Mm. Oh. Yeah. But hot here. How's quarantine Man. been? Uh, hasn't been too bad. It's been nice working from home for me. That's good. Yeah. That's not too bad. Where are you working at? Um, so I work for Acubia Biotech. We work with uh, pharmace- pharmaceutical research companies. Mm. Um, and I'm doing project management for them. Interesting. Awesome. Oh, sounds, yep. sounds like complex stuff right there. Complex. That's not so, too bad. So, Nick, take us back, you know, from the start. You know, right now, obviously, you're a successful businessman. But before that, you were a successful athlete. Mm-hmm. Now, did you have the love for football, you know, being a kicker in the beginning? Or was it another sport that you started? So, yeah. So, I grew up, I mean, my passion still to this day is soccer. Okay. Um, I grew up uh, born, spent my first nine years in Germany. Um, so everything there is soccer. It's pretty much the only sport in that country. Um, and then I came to the U.S. So I was playing soccer, and it's not as big here. Um, so I didn't have the same love for it. And all of my friends in middle school were playing football. So I decided to make the change. And then in high school, I realized I have a better opportunity in football or getting into college, maybe getting my school paid for. So I started taking it really seriously and uh, kind of been playing football since then. It's incredible. So what was like the major difference? Because you said, you know, you know, you chose soccer, but you didn't really like it how it was played in the U.S. What was so different from the U.S. compared to Germany? Uh, I think mainly just for me, it was coaching was different. The style of play is different. Um, even at a young age, it's a little bit more complex in Germany in terms of kind of like tactics and passing around. Even at a younger age, you're more involved in that. And when I came to the U.S. when I was playing, it was more of keep your head down, run with the ball, favoriting kind of athleticism. Mm-hmm. And I'm not the fastest guy, so it wasn't really kind of like what I was used to doing. And it felt a little bit more individual instead of being team sports at times. So it wasn't the same for me. So you said you came at a young age to this country. How was that change for you? Because I came at, you said you came at nine, correct? I came at four. So I want to hear kind of your story. Yeah. So for me, um, I guess my parents thought I wouldn't take it well. So they told me pretty much the week of that we were moving. (laughs) Um, So I didn't have much time to let it really sink in until I was over in the U.S. And at that point, I mean, I didn't know a word in English. So I found out the week of that we were moving. And um, so I didn't really have time to really soak it in and realize, like, I'm going to leave all my friends. I'm moving somewhere else across, you know, across the ocean. And then I moved to the U.S. And it's the end of third grade for me. And I don't I don't know a single word of English. So I'm getting dropped into these classes. And these teachers have no idea. So, tough, a little bit tough. Um, uh, how, so it took good. No, I was saying, how long did it take you to learn the language? Yeah, so I came in the end of third grade, pretty much the last month, and I kind of went to school for a little bit. And then my parents said this isn't really doing anything, so I got homeschooled for the last couple of weeks. 
And then I had a tutor, but mainly it was playing with friends that whole summer that kind of helped me get more involved and learn the language a little bit. But starting fourth grade, I knew English. Wow. Um, and the note there is the older, so my, so my, I came with my two older brothers, my mom and my dad. And the older it gets in the family, the more of an accent there is. Um, so I figured, I guess, it was a little bit easier for me because I was still younger. And you were around everybody too at school. Yeah. Um, your friends now, like you would say, you were making your friends. That's where you really learned the language. I learned it, honestly, like trial and error in a sense. Yeah. Like just kind of as I just go with the flow. Like once they started saying things like bathroom, I was like, bathroom, what's bathroom? So <laughs> realizing like this is what bathroom means, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. I think the, biggest, the biggest thing too was like the ESL classes. Like they took like oh. such a role in like, yeah. you know, you had regular classes and you had to go to ESL and like actually learn, you know, the dialect. And like, I used yeah. to have like a list problem and like, they helped so mm -hmm. much too. Especially now, like you like go, growing up from Germany and now you tra quickly transitioned to the U.S. Was it now a problem with uh, playing soccer? Cause you, you did, did you play soccer in middle school or no? I mean, in uh, yeah. elementary school? Yeah. So I, um, so good thing is in middle school in North Carolina, football is in the fall, soccer is in the spring. Okay. But no issues there, so I could still play. Mm -hmm. um, but then the problem is in high school, um, school soccer and school football is at the same time. So my freshman year, um, when I was doing JV, I could still do both. Um, they gave me that option, but they told me that once I played varsity for either sport, I would have to make a decision one or the other. And my two brothers actually both already played um, soccer in high school at that high school that I was going to, and they hated the coach. Oh man! At that time, so I just said, you know what? I'll skip the soccer. I'll just focus on football. Isn't okay. it crazy how coaches could change like your outlook on a sport? Mm -hmm. That's like so common. So many people are like, why'd you quit? Because coach was literally terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I didn't play. I didn't even make. It wasn't even a thought for me to play high school soccer. That's I kind of just played club soccer and then just high school football. Were you so able what, to adjust like very like quickly too now with a whole different sport in football? Like, how was that like that transition? Yeah, I just remember when I first started, I didn't know. I was confused as to why the quarterback and the cornerback position sounded so similar, but were so different. I, I, I didn't know a single thing. Um, so they just told me I had a strong shot in soccer. So they just said, line it up and try to hit it through those uprights. Um, so then obviously as I was playing more, and then uh, just try to learn more and more as I could. And then in high school, it was fine. I mean, at the end of the day, I was kicking off and kicking field goals. So it's not too difficult. Wow. Okay, wait, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. It's not too difficult. I can't even kick a soccer ball. Yeah, but <laughs> I, didn't have to, I didn't have to learn any schemes. <laughs> not too difficult. I feel like you're making it sound way too easy than it is. Hold up, let's backtrack a little bit. Yeah. When you put the shoulder pads on for the mm -hmm. first time, how was that feeling like? Yeah, like, so it, that one was a little weird, but I made sure that I got the smallest, most junior-sized pads that we could find. <laughs> Uh, our high school coach made a joke that he was going to take them and give them to his, like, five-year-old son. Oh, my God. So oh I wouldn't God. really call those shoulder pads. So I try to just keep it as minimal as possible. Exactly. Which is normal because you, you see the kickers today, like, even in the NFL, like, they don't even wear pads, like I noticed, even the punters. Yeah, so, so in college, I cut my knee pads to be about this big just so when the ref came up, I could, like, I have knee pads in. But oh my you God. just you try to keep it as light as possible. Mm-hmm. I had no clue. So wait, so wait, was this, this was high school now, ninth grade you were doing this or was it 
so ninth grade I did I, I mean I started with getting the smallest shoulder pads and that kind of stuff and then in college once I started playing in college that's when I kind of started shedding the other pads trying to get them as small as light as possible the knee pads the thigh pads wow. stuff like so, that. so when you got hit it just was whatever like I know you guys don't get hit as much but still like exactly yeah flying body especially trying to block the, the ball yeah. yeah so they'll luckily only my senior year i took a shot to the knee on a field goal um so that one was a side angle he came in late and he took out my knee but luckily i got my leg off the ground right before so it wasn't too bad but besides that um on kickoffs it kind of just incentive incentivizes you to kick touchback so that way you don't have to deal with any of that kind of stuff mm. Oh, my God. So did you take school seriously as you're playing high school as well? Or was school mostly like, ah, it's whatever. I kind of want to play my sport. No, I always um, took it seriously um, just because I knew that the chances of making it, even getting a scholarship. So when I came out um, for kicking in high school, there's this um, guy that nationally ranks kickers in high school, and that's who a lot of college coaches use. And even back then, I was ranked number two or number four most of the time nationally. And it was tough getting scholarships for kickers. Nowadays, kickers and long snappers and punters, they're getting a lot of scholarships. But, but when I came out, um, the top five kids maybe got one scholarship, if that. So it was kind of like you have to take it serious because we weren't guaranteed a scholarship. Even if you were top of the country, it wasn't a guarantee. So we still had to take it seriously because that would help you as a preferred walk-on to get in, if you can get into schools on your own, that helps you. Um, that helps the coaches too. So I took it seriously. Um, and the same thing in college, I wanted to make sure I took a degree that I could work with after football. So who told you about, let's say, like I've always said this, like I didn't know anything about college. I kind of learned it as I went because I came from Dominican Republic. Did you mm -hmm. always know what college was or did your parents install that in you or you just kind of went along with it and just kind of sort of learning about it as you went yeah I think I just kind of went along with it um just as I was going um yeah I think that was like that for me yeah it's uh, crazy it's crazy to think yeah it's it's nuts so you said you were ranked right so mm -hmm. what came along with those rankings did you play any special games did you how was that so I played in the U.S. Army All-American game in high school um man how'd you get yeah. selected for that like where was how did you get the exposure to get selected into that so i think i'm trying to remember because back i think it's you had to go to, i think they picked one of the guys that does the kind of the ranking stuff and yet i can't remember if you had to go to a camp um but you had to do well or i think nowadays you have to go to one of these camps and win the camps i can't really remember how i did it back then 100 percent. but yeah so i played in that i think I don't know. There's a lot of people, a lot of people that were on that team that are in the league now. <laughs> who's your, who's like one of the toughest competitors that like you know is like a big name right now that you faced either in um, college or high school? I'm trying to think. I've just played so many, so many people. Um, I don't know how to answer that. It's kind of tough. Um, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> so any, which NFL guys made it to the NFL that you know off the top of your head? So from the from the U.S. Army All-American game, I think Sammy Watkins was there. I think he was there. I think Odell Beckham Jr. was on that team. Oh my goodness! How whoa. Um, you saw you had some defensive, Odell? You had some, I think he was on that team. You had defensive lineman like Stephon Tuitt. I think he's at the Steelers. He was on there. Timmy Jernigan was on that team. 
Um, he's a defensive tackle. I think he was with the Ravens. Um, and it's just crazy to think. All the guys there went to top. A lot of them went to SEC, played, um, had good careers. So it's kind of crazy now if you look back at the roster to see what kind Who you of – Who yeah. And it was just like high school kids going to college. My, my crazy thing is, like, you're saying these names, like Odell Beckham Jr. Hey, um, so Odell. Sam, Sam, Sammy Watkins. Like, yeah, like, I see them at the store all the time. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so casual how you say it. So when you're with these guys, are you feeling any nervous? Are you feeling anything? Like, what's well, going on? Well, back then, you know, I don't think I really, like, really grasped it um, to kind of think, like, like that's who they're going to turn into. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, here's a kid, he's going to LSU, this kid's going to Ole Miss, he's going to Alabama. So it's kind of just like, here's, like, these kids that are going to go, and you don't know who's going to make it. But now looking back, when you go through the roster, you're kind of like, that's, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so how did you get recruited to NC State? So how did that come to play? Yep, so I – Growing up high school, um, it's about 20, 25 minutes from NC State. Um, and I, I was always kind of like wanted to go local. Um, but I did a bunch of camps, um, Tennessee, Nebraska. I was supposed to go to LSU, but I had plane issues. So I never made it down there. And then I went to Nebraska. I was supposed to go for the camp. I had plane issues again. I called my mom. I was like, look, I'm not doing it. This is back-to-back <laughs> flights. So, like, I, I didn't make it. And, like, I can't keep doing this. It's stressful. And it's stressful. the coaches called me, like, look, we really want you to come down. Just fly out the next day, and we'll, we'll work you out. So I went down to Nebraska, and it was just me, Bo Pelini, who, who was the head coach at the time, um, who can be a hothead at times when you see him on TV. So I was a little nervous. And the special teams coach, and that was probably the best day of kicking I had for any college team. And they offered me, and State offered me about a couple hours later. And um, committed to Nebraska at first because I really liked the environment and the coaches and the visit that I had there when I worked out for them. But at the end of it, um, I kind of wanted to stay closer to home. So I switched my decision about a month before signing day. And to this day, I still love all Nebraska fans because I knew that a month before signing day, I was kind of, I was screwing them a little bit because they stopped recruiting kicker. They needed to bring in a kicker. They stopped recruiting kicker because they thought I had me a month before signing day. I kind of said, look, I can't come anymore. And they, it's tough for them to recruit at that point. A lot of the other guys that they were looking at have committed somewhere else. And the entire fan base just said, you know, kind of sucks to see you go, but, like, we wish you nothing the best. And for a kid coming out of high school that just wants to stay close to home, that meant a lot. So I still love Nebraska. Wow. Wow. So you're kicking. So people don't realize this. Like, when you come from small towns, the best way to get recruited is to go to camps. I think Mm -hmm. you hit that on the head. Is like you go to these camps, and if you have a good showing, it could be a possibility, which I had no clue about, and I've learned that now after everything. So when you go to this camp, are you nervous at all? How do you keep in your composure? Like, you know, it is what it is. Like Exactly. Staying locked in, especially because yeah. you know you have people watching, especially recruiters. Like, how do you just, like, cut the noise and just stay focused? Yeah, it's tough. Um, for me, it's a lot of personality. Um, I'm a pretty confident person. And for me, it's always kind of been – you know, what's the, what's the line between confident and cocky? Well, for me, it was always, if you put in the work, then it's confidence. If you don't put in the work, I think it's cocky. So I put in a lot of work. Wow. Um, and I had a guy. That's a, yeah. That's that I, a, 
I'm right there. So I had a guy that I trained with pretty much in high school. I drove with my mom two and a half hours every weekend in high school to train with this guy. Um, Dan owner kicking quick shout out. He has a few guys in the NFL, but I drove two and a half hours with my mom every weekend and trained with him. And, you know, instead of going out and doing stuff with my friends, I'd wake up early Sunday mornings and we'd drive out, spend the day there and kick and, you know, I just put on a lot of work so that when I came to these camps, these events, you know, you're comfortable. You have all the kind of mistakes and flaws that you had in your form. You've worked on them. You've made a game plan. I think the biggest thing for kicking, and it might be for other sports too, is when you're watching the NFL guys, especially they're not going to come out and be a machine every single time. They're going to come out and they're going to warm up and they're going to say, look, I've consistently hit a ball that's fading to the left or I'm hitting a draw. So they adjust in the pregame and they make a game plan how they're going to adjust. And I think that's kind of the biggest thing is that if you make a game plan going in to say, okay, maybe I'm not 100% today, something, I'm kicking the ball a little to the right. So I'm going to aim a little bit to the left. So having this game plan kind of helps you know that, like, that you'll be confident throughout the day so that's kind of how I just wanted to be prepared as possible going into these camps wow speaking of, speaking of the NFL like in talking about like kickers from that league you know was there somebody that like you kind of inspired like to you know kind of take their style or their game plan and implement it into your career itself like because I could just think of like major you know kickers and punters like Adam Vinatieri a legend mm -hmm. Sebastian Janikowski and the list goes on so you know who kind of inspired you you know becoming a kicker well that's the thing I don't I never really had one I've thought about this question too before there's never really one that I've looked at and go you know because to me I kind of just started out on my own and I trained and I kind of always just it's a little different for kicking because you can look at certain kickers and being like okay I admire this guy that I want to be like but your style is going to be different and so I don't want to build my game off someone else's style because my style is different. Um, a lot of kickers are usually smaller guys. And I was finishing college at 6'3", 235 pounds. There aren't a lot of kickers other than maybe Janet Kelsey that's going to be bigger. Yeah. So it's tough for me to look at their game plan and go, okay, let me go. But the thing I like doing is taking people's game and breaking it down and saying, okay, what do they do well? And what can I implement from their game? So I kind of just piece a lot of stuff from other kickers. Um, and kind of pick the best things that I could implement into my game. So what training goes into being a kicker? What type of trainings did you have to go through? Yeah, um, that's tough. It's a lot of form-focused stuff. I don't know. Um, it's a lot of form-focused stuff. Um, the problem is if you just go out and kick, mm -hmm. you're going you're gonna to kick with bad habits. And you're going to drill those bad habits in. So it's a lot of muscle memory. When you're first starting out, it's a lot of muscle memory. It's a lot of contact. And it's not really fun. Um, so you really have to get that down. And then you got, you really don't, unless you don't really kick a lot. You don't want to go out and just kick 60, 80 balls every day because your leg's going to fall off. So just do a lot of contact drills. And some days you'll do swing drills. Um, it's a little bit more like golf. I feel like in, certain, in that sense, you don't want to go out there and just crush your driver the entire day. It's not really going to help you get better. And anything I feel like even yeah. like back in the day you used to hear like take a thousand shots do this yeah. like, the older we got now it's like no 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 you rather take five good shots that you practice on your form right yeah it will work the same thing with baseball it's like you rather take 10 swings over 100 swings making sure that your form is the right yeah and the problem is if you take 100 swings or a thousand shots with bad bad habit you're going to drill those bad habits in so mm -hmm. you kind of want to break it down and build your way up 
sure. Very good advice right there. Very good advice. Okay, so you get to NC State. You're there now. So oh. how's that? What's the college life like for you, oh my man? God, you so first day different. there. Football team. D1. D1. School's paid. Yeah, it's a little nice. Um, <laughs> yeah. Love it. Love it's a good it. Feeling. Um, Love it. Yeah, the problem. Yeah, a little bit, a little less responsible. And, you know, you don't have to pay your bills for classes. And textbooks, <laughs> you know, and everything's free. It's a little nicer. Um, yeah. Food's paid for. Classes are paid for. Mm-hmm. so that's nice um yeah the only problem is I kind of wish so I came in I always wanted I looked at schools where I could come in and compete freshman year I wanted to come in and play now looking back at it now and my kind of advice is to some guys is maybe do you want to focus on redshirting that might be important for certain people I came in I was 190 pounds um in my sophomore year is when I kind of made my breakthrough of kind of building my body. I put on about 20 pounds during the off season working out and I struggled that season. I think it's because the weight and muscles that I put on at that time kind of it took me a little bit to get adjusted to it. So I kind of wish I would have taken that extra year to develop and then played the four years. Um so my thing is like for me I just wanted to compete. I wanted to play. I didn't want to sit the bench. That was my mindset, but kind of looking back at it, I think for a lot of people at 18 years old, 17 years old, it might be good to redshirt and kind of take that year to develop, to learn, to get adjusted. That's exactly what our friend Cam said. He's a wide receiver at Syracuse right now. Mm-hmm. He said his freshman year he had to redshirt just because his body wasn't prepared for Yeah, and I don't think a lot of people – I mean, you're young, and some of these guys – I remember we went to, we went to Florida State – I think is my sophomore year and their safety looks like a linebacker. I mean, these, <laughs> so for some people you got, you need a, you might need a year. I needed a year. I wish I would have taken another year, but uh, I'm happy with everything I achieved in college, but looking back at it, another year of development would have been probably would have been good. So you didn't do that. So what, are, how did it affect you then? That yeah, you so I, I didn't do that. Um, I think so my sophomore year is kind of where I had that. I think that's when I developed because I went to off season at about 190 pounds. Winter workouts, I came in and I was about 210 in the summer, 215 by the time fall ball started. Um, and that season I struggled. And I think it's because I put on all this weight and I wasn't used to it. Um, even if it maybe it slowed down my swing a little bit, maybe I was off a little bit but I just wasn't used to it. And then I made the adjustments, got comfortable with that weight. And um, that's when I had my best season, my junior year. So, so for me, okay. yep. That was your breakout year. I mean, just looking, you watch, you go to search Nicholas's name, you just see in ESPN, their you know, records shows that junior year, you were the MVP for your team. Uh, again, you was your breakout year with, you know, field goal percentage. Your longest field goal is a 50-yarder. Tell me, yeah. like, what goes in your mind when there's literally grown men trying to jump in your face, block the kick, and on yeah. top of it, you got a whole crowd of Division One fans just screaming. Like, how do you stay completely calm in that yeah. moment? <laughs> so, so it's kind of weird. So usually, and this is more for game-winning field goals, and that thing Especially. that I was proud of. Mm-hmm. I never miss a game-winning or a game-time field goal late game. So I was 100% on those. And the thing is, especially on the game, winners, I couldn't tell you what happens. I remember running on the field, and I remember the ball in the air. So you, you black out. You, you don't know what's going on. Um, so that's kind of the feeling that you have to have. In high school, 
when I was first starting out, I even, when I first started kicking, I was like, okay, when you get back there, just keep thinking like potatoes, just keep saying potatoes or something dumb. It kind of just takes your mind off because you don't want to go there thinking like, what do I need to do? What's going on? You want to take your mind off. So in high school, I just said something dumb, kind of repeated it. But then in college, you kind of just have to get used to it. And you have to know that you're going to be in pressure situations and you got to just love it. I wanted to be out there. There's nothing better than when, especially away games or other teams. I mean, they're going to be in your face. They're going to be yelling. And as soon as the ball goes through, they're quiet. So it's the best way to quiet everyone else is if you just make yourself. What was that feeling like, man, hitting the game-winning field goal to give your team the W? What was that like? Yeah. Uh, I can't really explain it. It's, <laughs> it's surreal. <laughs> yeah. The mindset I always have is you have, you have to go out there. There's 50,000 people there. You have to go out there. You're going to walk off the field as a hero. You're going to walk off as a zero. So I didn't want to be a zero. Ooh. You know what? You're spreading gems left and right. Oh my God. You're like seasoning my salad right now. Like you're just throwing these you just throwing these gems. Like it's nothing. Hold up, wait a minute. So you're telling me a game winning field goal, you're just going up there going. He just he basically walked off like Dame Lillard and just said bye. (laughs) <laughs> you, have, you have to be out there so you might as well make it a good experience i mean no, you're but you gotta me. love it you gotta you gotta want to you have to want to be in those situations hmm. and that's a yeah. thing i think a lot of college kickers struggle in is that mentally they when that time comes around maybe they they don't want to be in that situation so that's tough it's not easy with that mindset you have now you're gonna be successful like oh my god like just that mindset you're like that confidence in you, like the way you're talking to me right now, it's like, oh my God, like. I'm the man. Yeah, yeah, I'm the man. You have to put in the work. (laughs) Nick, Nick, so, you know, we hear, like, you're the man, just flat out. (laughs) You know, all the success, your demeanor, your mindset as a winner. Talk to me now when you deal with failure, you know, how you're able to deal with it, cope with it, and ultimately overcome. Yeah, so you're going to have those low points. Um, for me, it was tough. My sophomore year, that was a season I had a bad season. So that was, for me, it was tough. Um, I think I might, I finished right around 56% field goal wise. And for me, that's the first setback I've ever had in sports. So my entire life growing up, I made the club soccer teams that I wanted to make. I made the high school teams. I made college. I played well. Everything always worked out for me. And that was the first time for me on the field where, okay, I, in my eyes, I failed. And it's tough. You're at a low point. You kind of have to reassess everything, kind of reevaluate. Okay. Um, because in that situation, you're, you kind of feel alone. Um, and to get back out there, it's just kind of like, are you going to quit now? And that be what you get remembered for? Or do you want to put in the work, keep your head down and just work your way through it? And I've just found that if you just put your head down, you work, you find the right people around you, you're going to find a way back. And for me, I got lucky or I, luckily for me, uh, my junior season was my best season. So to come out of that low point and then have my high point really helped me. So how did you, what, you started surrounding yourself with the right friends? You started. Did you have like a mentor? Yeah, mentor. Push you to like really rise back up? Um, I think it was, for me, it's a lot of intrinsic. Um, for me, I just didn't, you know, the thing is when you play for like the hometown school, a lot of your friends are going to be there, your family, your family's friend, they're all going to be there. So 
I didn't want to be in the community as the guy that failed and lost his job and then didn't play anymore. But also I had a good group of friends on um, the long snapper and the punter were my roommates. And it was great for me because even though they had good seasons and they were on top of it, I could go, look, I need you guys to come out with me. I need you guys to work with me because I need your help. And anytime I needed them, they came out, worked out with me. And then I, my kicking coach, he is about two and a half hours away that I worked with. And anytime I needed him to talk to him, send him a video or saying how I felt, he really kind of talked me through it, helped me fix a lot of things. And we, me and him developed this entire plan that off season to carry into the next season that really helped me. See, the work ethic is just insane that you're just telling us right now that you had to accomplish these goals. So yeah, that's amazing, bro. So you go into your senior season after having your, one of the best seasons of your life, junior year, how did you continue that, you know, hot streak through your senior season? Yep. Um, kind of, you just want to ride the wave a little bit. Um, so you take a lot of the things from the season before that that kind of work for you and you just want to build on those things. Um, coming out of sophomore year into junior year, it was a lot of starting back at the beginning, rebuilding. But junior year into senior year, it was figuring out, okay, what worked, what can I get better at and building off those things to take it into the next season. So how was school during this time? Talk to me about school. Like how was your transitioning into school in college now? And mm -hmm. realizing, like, this is not high school anymore. This is exactly. you gotta get work done. Was it easy yeah. for you? Or? Um, it wasn't too bad for me. Um, and I think kind of taking high school very seriously um, kind of helps you transition a little bit because you're not as shocked going into college. Um, I took some AP classes in high school and I did well. So going into college, then it wasn't too much of a culture shock in that sense, where like if you're not taking high school seriously and then you go to college, you're going to have a wake up call. Um, so I think taking high school seriously and then going into college, it wasn't too bad. Um, but I started out doing entrepreneurship and I really enjoyed it. And then I switched to finance my senior year. So I had to take all my finance classes in pretty much two semester or at summer school and fall semester. So that was a little rough. Wow. Whoa. Plus, whoa. plus being a kicker. For plus being a kicker. Going into your senior year. How was that? Miserable. That was the worst summer of my life. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm taking three summer classes right now, and I just want to shoot myself in the foot. Yeah, and that's a nice thing about if you take that redshirt year, because I graduated in three and a half years. If I would have taken that redshirt year, then I would have had some more time to either get another – to work on another degree or maybe get your MBA or something like that while they're paying for it. So that's always nice, too. So Not to take my own MBA. <laughs> what made you pick finance what out of that out of every career made you choose that so yeah it, so is did it is the best one right. yeah so i did entrepreneurship at first and i really liked it but my um advisor messed up and to like graduate always. to graduate at the class that i needed was only offered in the spring but i told her that i was going to graduate in december so I made the decision, do I stay in entrepreneurship and stay another semester or do I switch to another degree and I can graduate early as I'd planned? And that way I could focus that spring on just NFL kicking. So um, it came down to finance and accounting and accounting just was a little too boring at times. So I went with finance. Very true. It is, it is very boring. I don't really like accounting people. Don't tell accounting guys, but I don't really like them as much. I'll just yeah, joke. I think I, 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 I disagree. So. 
I think my two best oh, classes in my mod were accounting, so that's why. <laughs> <laughs> Might have made a mistake. Nah, so, I, so go I south. Was say, I was just gonna say, like you know, yeah, that your schedule was definitely packed, though. You probably your social life was probably gone by then. Yeah. But I just wanted to like talk now about. Did you have plans now to go to the NFL or was it kind of just, you know, you kind of set your mind off your business? Yep. So I gave myself two years, um, two years after college to just give it everything I got to go for the NFL because for kickers, it might be a little different. A lot of guys aren't going to make it. Um, there's only 32 teams with one kicker on the roster and maybe three teams are actually looking to replace their kicker. So it's very tough. So I knew that the chances of getting in your first year of making a roster is going to be very tough. So I gave myself two kind of cycles to kind of make an NFL roster. So I gave myself a two-year plan. If I didn't make it by two years, then it's, I'm done. I'm going to get a job and pay my bills. So oh, it's good to kind of just go. Oh, my fault. Keep going. I'm sorry for cutting you off. Go. Uh, yeah, it was just for me, it was important to kind of set that two-year plan where I didn't have to like focus about getting – uh, too serious of a job so I gave lessons to high school middle school kids to kind of have money um, but I didn't want to sit work 40 hours and then go kick and work out and be drained um, so I really wanted to just focus my energy on kicking looks like you had a very mature mindset you know, like straight in college because just you sitting down and be like realistically I'm gonna give myself two years is really mature because a lot of people are like you know what I don't care. Like, I'm going to keep on working until I get it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, exactly. you had a realistic model of like an end mm -hmm. that would, you know, arrive. Where did yeah, that you have that. come from? Oh, you already told us, but I'm saying like that just came straight from there. Yeah, I just feel like the two years kind of was just realistically, I mean, or statistically, the chances of making it after two years, the kicker is going to be very tough. I mean, they're going to keep pumping out kids every year that are going to get looks just because they're new. Um, so after two years, it's, I just feel like realistically the chances were so low um, that I needed to kind of pivot away and start my new chapter in my life. Mm -hmm. So during these two years, what was going on through your mind? The two years exactly, what were you focused on? I know it was the NFL and you had the kids, but were you anytime like, what am I doing? Am I wasting my time here? Every day, <laughs> every single day. Yeah. Like, it's tough because when you're you're kick, you're going out there and you're kicking every day or whatever sport you're at and you're working out every day and you're kind of doing this for you don't know it might be nothing so it's it's very tough you're sitting there you're working out and you're going why am I doing this it's not like you're on a team or you have a promise of a contract or anything like that you're working out for a chance that realistically you might never get so it's very tough every day you kind of doubt that so when did when did you just decide you know what I got to, you know, hang up the jersey, hang up the cleats. I got to go out in my career now in business and finance. Like, when did you decide that? Yeah, so it's kind of getting towards the uh, two years I kind of set myself. And at that time, I was lucky enough that I could live at home um, with my parents. So I didn't have to worry about rent or anything like that or food. And it just kind of got to the point where um, if I don't make a change now to pivot kind of my life, to if am I going to keep chasing this and nothing comes out of it and I'm going to be in my mid-20s without a job without any work experience and it's going to be kind of tough to grow from there so I just wanted to make sure I wasn't too old to start that chapter in my life to start getting my work experience and those mm -hmm. kind of things 
And mainly just to move out, get my own place. <laughs> it's just crazy because when we're in college and we're athletes, it's like we don't have time to have an internship or none mm. of that. It's strictly on our sport. But then you realize, like, if we don't make it in our sport, technically we're behind the eight ball with everyone's experience-wise. How, how did you keep yourself sane? How did you, like, like do it? Like, you were, did you ever second-guess yourself, like, I should be getting an internship right now at any point? Yeah, so I did. I did do an internship. Um, but I only did one. Um, the biggest thing I could tell for people that are in school now is um, what the regular students are doing. They're taking internships that are going to be with companies that they want to get jobs for. So that's kind of tough because we don't have that time. We're in summer workouts. We got fall ball, spring ball. We don't have that time to kind of put in the work for those companies. Um, so it's kind of, it's going to be really hard. You're going to have to put in the work, but I think the biggest thing you can do is what the regular students are doing with internships is kind of getting your foot in the door with some companies and try to use your kind of name or your status. I think at that time to say, Hey, can I work for you for a little bit? Try to just get your foot in the door by using your name. Um, but it was tough when I, two years out of school with no work experience, trying to get a job, it's very tough. Um, so I was in this gray zone where I wasn't necessarily fresh out of college. Um, so I needed an entry level position, but a lot of the entry level positions I was looking at were looking for graduates that graduated within the last year. So I was out of that gray zone and it was very tough to start to find a job. So I applied for a long time to try to find anything. And it was very tough. Um, so the biggest thing is, focus on football, obviously, or focus on baseball, focus on whatever sport you're there so you can succeed there, but also try to make sure that you have a plan set up because it's very difficult. Wow, that's deep. That almost made me cry right there. Um, so what would you say, what did you decide to go that finance route? Because I know, for example, I want to become like a financial advisor. Why didn't you choose mm -hmm. that route? Uh, I like more the analyst side. Um, Funny thing is in high school, I was awful at math, um, struggled in it the entire time I was in high school. And then I get to college, take my first calculus class and a light bulb goes off and I've loved math ever since. And I love numbers. So I kind of like the analyst side of finance. So that's kind of what I want to get into. Mm, what analyst part of it though? What did you, what do you like to analyze? What's, what drives you? God, Excel data sets. I mean, just, forecasting the boring stuff mm. yeah it's not really <laughs> exciting hey you're making money though that's yeah. the result Tons yeah. of money. so where are you now how, how do you feel did you feel like you achieved everything for your age that you're like all right even though i played football for this amount of time i'm finally where i'm supposed to be or are you satisfied at least with what you're doing now um yeah, so in college, I broke every record I wanted to break. My goal was to play every snap, and I played every snap. I was never benched. I never had an injury that made me miss anything. I broke the records I wanted to break. I didn't make the NFL, but I gave it everything I could. Um, it's, not, it's not guaranteed, and it's not easy. Um, so it's fine. Um, and then working professionally, at first, it wasn't really kind of, you know, when you're super competitive, and you excelled at your sport, whatever sport you're in, and then you go into work, it's a little different if you're not, I don't know, I, I couldn't find the competitive 
side of work <laughs> at that time. Um, so I, I've been working for a little bit now. So now I kind of got back. So I'm going back to school. I'm getting my MBA at the University of Miami um, because I really want to propel myself forward in my professional career. So what do you see a profession taking you that you want to get this master? What do you want to do? I'm hoping I find that answer um, during this program a little bit. Um, like I said, I like the analyst side of things, but I really haven't found my true passion yet. Mm. I like project management. That's what I'm kind of doing now. And I like finance, but I don't have much experience in it. So I'm kind of hoping with this MBA program and meeting a new kind of network of people and maybe some new opportunities open up, I can chase those and find my new passion. Because for my entire life, my passion has been soccer, it's been football, and now I'm kind of trying to find my passion in the work. Nick, before we let you go, first of all, it's been a pleasure. You know, the stories have been amazing. First, I just want to ask, you know, what was probably your favorite game? Because I know there's a rivalry between NC State, North Carolina. I don't know mm-hmm. if there's another rivalry in football. What was probably your, like, one of your favorite games and best games that you played? Um, so for me, I mean, the game winners um, at Maryland, Richmond at home, those are obviously kind of ones that kind of come into my head at first. Mm. Um, but then we also played – beating Florida State at home when they're at a night game when they were number three in the country. Was this when they had uh, Jameis Winston? The year before. This was EJ Manuel. Okay. Um, and then that, the Florida State team, when they won the national championship, that might have been the greatest football team I think I've ever seen. Um, that was something special, that team. I mean, they, the game was over halfway through the first quarter. <laughs> and we weren't the only team they were doing it to. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Was Tim Tebow during that time or no? No. And then uh, uh, I was Yeah, and then um, we played Clemson. We beat them my sophomore year, I think it was. I mean, they had Sammy Watkins. They had um, had a bunch of guys. Martavis Bryant, I think, was on that team. Andre Ellington might have been on that team. Um, Jerron Brown, I think he's a wide receiver. He was for the Cardinals. And had a few more other guys. The entire offense went to the NFL. Oh my god. That's insane. That that was a cool one too. Now looking at that. Damn. And Nick, you know, my last question that I wanted to ask, you know, you're going for your MBA like you mentioned before. Mm -hmm. What just on a personal level, what just drives you each and every day? You know, whether it's accomplishing a certain goal of yours that you have in mind, either short term or long term. What pushes you? Um uh, for me, it's always been just being competitive. Uh, for me, it just kind of keeps me from just being complacent. I always want to just keep pushing further and further. Um, so for me, it's always been kind of that competitive itch, itch to kind of keep pushing more and more and to want more out of the situations that you're in. Mm. Mm. Man, oh, man. Great. Let me add the dressing to my salad. Oh, my God. It was a pleasure having you on the show. If I ever get back on the show, I need a wall like you in the background. <laughs> you, you like my wall? Mine is no go. Oh man, come on now. These are, but these are all high school stuff. My college stuff. <laughs> I'll, bring the, uh, four. I'll bring the NC State team MVP trip. Yeah, and I'll just put it right here. Next <laughs> <time>. <laughs> Nick, Nick, it was a pleasure to have you on. Okay. It was my honor. And we, we love your stories. We love the gems that you dropped. And hope our viewers can take that into account.
But before he goes, I love how you drop the gems like on some cool stuff like here. Yeah, like I used to do this. Like I broke the record, but you know I just continue. I'm like, wait, hold up! Like rewind that. Like you said it so smoothly and so confidently. It was amazing to have you on the show. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the final two podcast. Pleasure having you on the show, Nick. Like and subscribe. Thanks, guys. Peace.